Welcome back to the last Will and What podcast. My last episode, I did a deep dive into defining what is an estate plan and why an estate plan is important. If you have not listened to that one, please go and check it out. Um, I think it sets a good foundation for why you need to create a estate plan. Now, on this episode, we're going to build on that conversation and I'm going to talk to you about how to get the conversation started. Tis the season for family time. It is December. We are planning our holidays, festivities with all of those that we love. And I want you to take a moment to consider setting aside some time to discuss your estate plan. The holidays are usually one of the few times of a year that families are all together in the same place at the same time. And it makes them the perfect time to broach the subject of your estate plan. I know that sounds really weird. It's not a time that most people think, let's get started talking about our estate plan. Let's jump into talking about incapacity and death. Those are not comfortable topics. But if you phrase it and if you go into it with the mindset of, I want to have this discussion to give my family the gift of certainty and peace by telling them my wishes and the plans I have made for my estate, hopefully this prevents any kind of misunderstanding and it lessens your family burden of making tough decisions when the time comes. And it's one of those conversations where If we really think about it, there's never a good time to talk about it, but why not use the holidays and use the idea of I am giving my family peace of mind by letting them know my wishes. I think it's worth it. So how do we get this conversation started? Well, I think the best way to get started is step one, think about what matters most to you. Take a few minutes and ponder the following kind of open-ended questions. One, if you become incapacitated, how do you want to be cared for? And by whom do you want to be cared for? Question two, if you are in an end-of-life situation, how do you want that situation handled and by whom? And question three, What do you want to happen to your estate upon your passing? What do you want to happen if you become incapacitated? How do you want to be cared for? How do you want your end of life situations handled? What do you want to happen to your estate upon your passing? These are your open-ended questions. These are the questions to get you started. And what I want you to do is... Think about your answers to these questions. And you don't have to have a lot of specifics. Answering these questions is going to give you the broad strokes of your estate plan. So take time, think about these questions, and really ponder, you know, from your past experiences with dealing maybe with family members who are incapacitated and needing care, or an estate you've had to administer, or friends or loved ones that have gone through this situation. And think about, What 
happened in those situations and were those situations handled well or not handled well? How do I want my situation to be handled? And really just give yourself a chance to do almost like a brain dump and get those answers out. Because the next step is we're going to take those answers and I want you to expand upon them to flesh out some of the finer details of your plan. And doing so is going to let you know what matters most to you and it's going to prepare you for your conversation with a loved one. So let's kind of get into an example. Um, So if I were doing this exercise and when I did this exercise to flesh out my own personal estate plan, I want to think about what matters most to me. And so some more specific questions maybe would look like this. So my open-ended question was, if I become incapacitated, how do I want to be cared for and by whom? Well, if I'm incapacitated, do you want to remain in your home? If yes, you know, what does that look like? Does that mean that we need to do some renovations to your home? Um, Do you want your loved ones, you know, to make it more accessible to you? Or would you want in-home health care? At what point would you want your loved ones and those you've appointed to put you into a facility? And what kind of facility? Um, Do we want to talk about asset protection planning and maybe get into Medicaid planning and looking at Medicaid facilities? Do we want to look into private facilities? Are you more interested in kind of a step-down community where you have the independent living, but you can easily transition into assisted and skilled nursing care? What kind of financial planning have you done to afford care during incapacity? That is a huge question, and that kind of runs through everything we talk about with our estate plan and how those are going to be created. It's easy to sit here and say, okay, well, when I pass, I want my estate to be divided equally between my children. But what happens between living and dying and being incapacitated sometimes takes a toll on those finances. So what kind of financial planning have you done to afford care during your incapacity? And does that planning and your finances allow you to have the type of care you want? Um, Another question to think about, a kind of more specific question on my open-ended questions is, what kind of financial planning would you like to do to achieve these goals? Are you somebody that works really closely with a financial planner and now we need to have a conversation with your financial planner and your estate planner to make sure that everybody's on the same page and we're going to have the same goals? Or are you the type of person that has always managed your own finances? I've never had a financial planner. I've never worried about a financial planner. Well, maybe now's the time to get one and to get one that's well-versed in legacy planning, inheritance planning, and capacity planning so that you can have a good evaluation of your estate plan, your finances, and make sure that everything's going to work out the way you want. Um, Other questions to think about is who is going to be the best candidate to achieve all of these wishes? How are your finances going to be handled if you're incapacitated and who's going to make those decisions? Who's going to handle medical decisions? Who is going to be, especially if we're looking at family members, 
Who is going to be the person that's going to be the most steady? When the time comes, we need to talk about a facility. This is, you know, we've reached the part of the plan where if I reach this level of incapacity and I have to have round-the-clock care, I have to have facility-level care, who is going to be the agent that's going to be able to do what's in your best interest and make the tough decisions? And then potentially an even more complicated question is, who are going to be your backups? Who are we going to name as an alternative to my primary agent? So I've named one person who's going to handle everything, but who is a good backup? And what types of information do you want to be informed of during incapacity? If you are in an incapacitated state where maybe we've got an early diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's or we've got some kind of early cancer diagnosis and, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of medical answers, a lot of decisions your agent's going to be making, what types of information do you want to be informed of and how long do you want to have that information be given to you? Um, you know, sometimes when people are in end of life situations, they're not conscious, they're in hospice, we're just essentially dealing with, you know, end of life, we're not so much worried about relaying information. But there's a lot of gray area with incapacity, a lot of people have some level of capacity where it's beneficial and it's comforting to inform the incapacitated adult what's going on, why we're going to this doctor, what to expect. So think about that. Knowing you, knowing what you like to know, the level of control you like to have, what types of information do you want to be informed of during your incapacity? Let's kind of jump now to my second open-ended question and dig into end-of-life situations a little bit more. So my open-ended question was, if you're in an end-of-life situation, how do you want that handled? So when we dig down into that, some other questions that maybe come to mind or that you could think about now are, what matters most to you at the end of life? What matters most for your agent to communicate with your healthcare providers? What types of treatment would you like to receive if you have an incurable, irreversible disease and death is imminent? What about if you're permanently unconscious? What concerns do you have about certain medical treatments? Would you prefer not to know how quickly a serious illness is progressive? Or would you want to understand how quickly it's progressing and the best estimation of how long you have left to live? Where do you want to spend your last days? What type of funeral arrangements do you want? All of these questions expound on that, you know, broad stroke end of life question, and they're going to help you really narrow down not only what type of care, what type of end of life care, but it's going to give you a good idea of what agents are going to best handle my situation. And, you know, some more specific questions from question number three. Question number three was, what do you want to happen to your estate upon your passing? I feel like this is a loaded question. I could probably rattle off 15 to 20, you know, of specific questions from this. But basic questions to kind of think about what do you want to happen when you pass? Who's going to inherit your estate? How do you want your heirs to inherit? Are they getting outright distributions? Do we want to put things in trust with some rules? Are there any heirs we want to disinherit? Do you want to avoid probate? 
Do you have specific ideas for specific heirs? So, you know, heir number one is fine. They could get it outright. Heir number two spends money like it grows on trees. We've got to have some spend spend thrift provision, excuse me. Or, you know, heir number three is a special needs person. I don't want to disinherit my special needs child, but I want to provide for care. Do you have any charities you want to inherit? Who's the best suited to administer your estate? Who would be the backups? Do you anticipate any litigation based on your choices? Do you have a clear plan in mind for your estate, but you know it's going to cause some problems? Do you anticipate litigation? How do we want to resolve this? Do you want to avoid litigation? Um, And then last but not least, are there any debts or financial issues your agent should be aware of upon your death? Have you not filed taxes in five years? Do you have a lot of debts that you're keeping from family and friends that are going to come up when you pass? You know, and all of these questions aren't exhaustive, but this should really be enough to get you started. And the purpose of these questions is, to think and get an idea of everything you're going to want to discuss with your family. And that is really your step one. And also thinking about these questions as it relates to your specific estate is really going to help you launch into more detailed questions. And it's going to help you really dig deep into this is how I want this set up. I know that my daughter's going to have a lot of questions about this because this is something that's very triggering for her, or this is something that she's been on my case about and she wants me to handle it one way, but I want to handle it something different. Go ahead and get those questions written down with your answers as well. Once you've understood your goals and you have in writing in front of you what matters most to you, that is a huge step because what matters most to you is paramount to having a successful conversation because this is about you and your estate plan. So what's going to be our next step? I've listened. I've got my plan ready. I've got everything. I know what matters most to me. I'm going to try this thing. We're going to try to have this conversation over the holidays. But now what do I do? Your next step is plan your discussion. Plan your talk. Who do you want to know what your plans and goals are? Is it your parents? Is it your spouse? Is it your adult children, friends, family members? Who do you want to have this talk with? And where are you going to feel comfortable talking about this? Is it going to be in person, at a restaurant, on a walk, over a video chat? And when do you want to have this conversation? And this is very interesting. This is one of those situations where if you know that having this conversation the very first night your children come to visit you over the holidays and you know it might sour the entire trip, maybe you tell them, hey guys, I don't want you to worry about it. I don't want you to you know, spend a lot of time thinking about it right now. But before you guys leave, the night before you guys leave, I want us to sit down for 20, 30 minutes and I want us to just kind Kind of talk about my estate plan with you. It's really important to me. I've got a plan. I just want your thoughts on it. If they're not comfortable with it, maybe ask them, well, when would you be comfortable with it? We're never together. I want to do this in person. This is how I want to handle it. And you have to respect that not everybody's going to be on board with this. And so I think you have to make a decision beforehand 
if only two out of my three kids are okay with this decision, I'll tell the third child, look, I'm going to have this conversation with your siblings. When you're ready to talk to me, let me know. And go ahead and plan that out and be prepared for, you know, some pushback on that. Have a plan in place to where you say, okay, I understand you're not comfortable doing this over the holidays. This is my intention. I wanted to create some certainty and peace of mind. I wanted to know where you guys stand. I wanted to get your questions out there before I meet with the attorney. You know, bring all that up. And if they're still uncomfortable, you can always say, well, let's set a time to have this conversation and get it on the books. Don't let your family's uncomfortableness deter you from having the conversation. Obviously, you don't want to force them to do it. You don't want to start this conversation negatively. But even if the start of your conversation is, let's pick a date to have this conversation, at least that's a start. So what do we do? We're ready to have this conversation. Now I just have to start talking. But where do I start? How do I get this conversation started? And how do I get this conversation started in a way that's not going to scare anybody, freak anybody out, and not cause any kind of issues? Because remember, our goal is peace of mind and certainty and just getting this uncomfortable conversation started in a way that's going to make everybody comfortable. Um, So you really want to have your thoughts in order and you know who and when you want to have this conversation with. And so here's some kind of good ways to start this conversation. Um, So some good examples are, let's say we're ready to have this conversation. One way that you could start this conversation is to say, I'm perfectly fine right now but I want to be prepared in case something happens. And I want us to discuss some things that matter to me. Or can you and I have a conversation about my estate plan because I want you to understand our goals and wishes. Or when blank died, do you think their wishes and a priority were followed? Do you think it was handled well? Or, hey, when so-and-so died, do you remember how their family handled their estate? I think it was handled poorly, and I want to talk about how I want my affairs managed. These types of conversations are never easy, but they're important. And, you know, when you start the conversation, make sure you're covering every topic you feel is important to address. But you also want to be open and ready for other types of questions that you want to ask your loved ones. And so once you've gotten everything out, once you're, you have conversed and you have made sure that all of your points are addressed, make sure you ask your loved ones, do you have any questions for me? Do you understand where I'm coming from with my plan? Are my wishes clear? What do you need to know to feel comfortable about handling my care and my estate? What information would you like me to provide so you feel comfortable making my medical decisions? These are the types of questions that allow your agents and your loved ones that are involved in your estate to feel like they're an active participant. Now, your loved ones and whomever is involved in your estate do not get to dictate how your estate's set up, who gets to inherit. They don't get to dictate anything in your estate plan. That is all up to you. But letting them be involved does take away a lot of stigma. And it takes away, especially when you have multiple children 
or, you know, you're a blended family and there's children from different sides involved, it definitely allows any kind of negative feelings or worries or anything like that from any of your loved ones to be brought forward then. Because the worst thing, and it does happen, but the worst thing that can happen is clients set up an estate plan and they think everything is fine and ready to go. And then when they pass, there's a lot of litigation. There's a lot of issues that come into play that maybe could have been addressed or avoided if a conversation was had. Now, with all this being said, there are always going to be times where you're not going to have these conversations because your family member maybe is just too aggressive, too negative, not going to be able to have it. And that's fine too. But for those of you who can have these conversations, you really want to make sure that your loved ones kind of get a chance to ask questions, make sure they understand you because you don't want anything to come up with your wishes that, you know, the kids are saying, well, this is what he meant. So you definitely want to make sure everything is clear. So what do you do after you have had this talk? So I've got all my thoughts down. I've planned when and where to talk. I've started talking. Now what? Once you have had the conversation with your loved ones, the next step is to keep the conversation going by reaching out to a qualified estate planning attorney. An attorney is going to draft all the appropriate documents to properly execute your plan. An attorney is going to be a good sounding board for converting your goals and wishes into a viable estate plan. An attorney is going to be able to analyze any issues, any potential um, litigation, anything that might cause issues with your plan, and they're going to be able to address it and advise you on maybe how is a better way to approach it, what's a good way to update it. This is what you're wanting, but this is the issues with this plan. So are you prepared if you say you want X, how are we going to handle P, Q, and R? So an attorney is your next step. Keep the conversation going and then meet with an attorney to draft your estate plan. So before we end this podcast, I know this one is on the longer side, I do want to give you some practical tips for mixing up estate planning and the holidays. Make plans ahead of time to have the conversation. I do not recommend springing this on your family at Christmas dinner. Like I said, you know, if you know that having this conversation might not be the most comfortable for your family, reach out to them. Hey, I want to have this discussion with you. I want to talk about my estate plan. When are you comfortable doing it? Get those questions. If you know, you could even say, hey, family, I am going to have this conversation with you and warn them ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to have this conversation with you at Christmas. I'm not going to do it, you know, right after we have Christmas dinner and open presents, but sometime during your visit, we're going to have this conversation. Don't let the holidays be the only time your family hears about your plans and wishes. This is practical tip number two. Plan to keep them updated regularly as you make changes to your plan and as regularly as you are comfortable with. But you know, if you set up your estate plan and it's like, hey, 
everything's going to be divided, you know, equally between you three kids and you decide to update it and you say, hey, I made changes to my plan. I'm going to give specific bequests to all the grandkids. They're getting older. I want to help pay for college. I've updated my plan. Keep them updated. Keep the conversation going because your plans and wishes are going to change over time and you want to make sure that you keep them updated and you keep addressing any issues so that we're always on top of things. So when it comes time for your plan to be used, when it comes time for someone to step in, you know, everything is going to be smooth. We're not worried about any kind of issues coming in out of left field because we've had the conversation. Tip number three, approach the subject with sensitivity. It can be really difficult for people to confront uncomfortable topics like incapacity and death. Many people are going to be uncomfortable discussing money as well. So be prepared for an emotional response and plan ahead of time how you wish to handle that. Make sure your focus is on explaining you're trying to create peace of mind and lessening the burden if something should occur. Don't let them think, you know, I'm going to die tomorrow or I've got some kind of disease. Let them know I'm having this conversation now because I'm trying to let you know I've got things in place and I'm doing things to lessen everybody's burden. And if you have the chance, talk to an estate planning attorney and broach the subject of your estate plan to shore up any questions you might have so that you're better prepared to answer your family's questions before you talk to your family. If you're able, set up a time to chat or meet with the attorney first. This is what I've done. This is how I want to converse it. This is what I want to tell my family. But these are the questions I didn't have an answer to. How should I broach these questions? Um, Because an estate planning attorney is a great resource for more than just cranking out documents. And last but not least, the most practical tip for mixing estate planning and the holidays, end it on a positive note. End it on a positive note. Say, thank you for listening to me. This has been a goal of mine. I'm checking it off. Estate planning is important to me. And my end game is peace of mind and lessening the burden and giving you guys the certainty that I have things in place. So what are you waiting for? The holidays are a perfect time to discuss your estate plan. And hopefully this podcast has given you an idea of how to do it. Now, if you listen to this podcast and you really liked the idea of having a discussion with your family over the holidays, I do have this posted on my website as a blog article. I also have it posted as a very handy checklist. If you would like a copy of this checklist, all you have to do is go to my website, BluftonEstatePlanner.com and request it as a resource and I will send it to you as a handy PDF that you can print down and ready to use to start the conversation. So again, what are you waiting for? Don't delay, plan today. Thank you for listening to Last Will and What.